This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. You're listening to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD! Hey, Bo. Good afternoon, man. Man, good afternoon to you too, sir. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. There, um, uh, you know, I, I actually right before we got recording, you know, you, I was like, hey, are you doing our backup recording? You know, and the, the, <laughs> right. the reason for that, that, right behind the shop, there's a lot of construction going on. They're building 130 apartment units directly behind the country. Oh square, wow! Oh wow! Which is exciting. We're hoping we can mine a lot of new pipe smokers. Yeah. From from those apartments, obviously, but on more than one occasion, these jokers have just decided to conveniently cut the lonely little coax cable that provides our entire connection to the world. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) And it's so sad, man. There's just one little uh, cable line that's like crossing over a parking lot and then, you know, goes on top of like a barbed wire fence and and then enters into our uh, our, our business. And that, that is that is literally what keeps us connected to the world. And, you know, Joe Schmo back there just, you know, running the backhoe. <laughs> He's not all concerned about it that that much. So anyway, we uh, we've had a few incidents, but we're uh, Yikes. we're. we're we're, we're, we're thinking today's going to be okay. So. Okay. All right. That's good, man. No, listen, I, I get that. I really do. Because of course, you know, we have been in the constant, like this kitchen construction has yeah. been like, it, it feels like 2020 already feels like, you know, an entire lifetime. This kitchen has not exactly helped that situation. Uh, <laughs> but that being said, you know, we're getting that, close. It, yeah. It, it's, it's almost like you've, you, we've talked about this kitchen situation that's, that's, you know, upended your entire broadcasting career for the past like quarter like i'm i mean just expecting this to be the taj mahal by the time we get done. <laughs> i will say this man it is actually looking super i actually need to send you a it's picture great. once we get done with this because it's uh yeah i know you didn't see the before but it's it's looking really really nice i'll try to see both. <laughs> but that's uh, great man i hope it's worth it yeah me too um but anyway hopefully by tomorrow it'll be done but i do want to give folks a heads up with everything yeah. kind of shifting around so this has been the case i mean just in general but if i sound a little echoey today i'm using a different Mike, that's why. And if I sound amazing and you don't even notice, that is entirely because of our amazing editor Mike, who has been uh, helping produce this show, uh, man, for for a few years now. But shout out! I to know, Mike, man. Right? He does does some miracles, man. We've put him on some short timelines too, and he uh, he always comes in the clutch, baby. Yeah, so. man. Superhero. <laughs> Love that guy, dude. So how are things over at the Country Squire? Yeah, we're doing great. Doing great. It's uh, man, it has been a whopper of a year. You know, just looking at the numbers, man. We have just uh, pipe smokers have really turned to their their pipes to get through this ridiculous year that has become 2020 and so <laughs> man just you know our um our sales of uh, our house blends pipe sales they uh you know uh, have just really been uh, remarkable and, and it's been a lot of fun to to watch lots of new pipe smokers lots of uh two ounce a week pipe smokers become uh you know quarter pound or half pounders and um, man, it's been it's been a lot of fun. We generally also don't see this kind of traffic until a little later in the year when it gets a little cooler. Mm, and yeah. um, you know, it's it's just been nice, folks coming in and uh, really enjoying their pipe. And I think it's just a, a nice respite from all the uh, noise from the election and the um, you know it, it, items of the day that you know get everyone one all wound up. And uh, I, I don't know, it's been really good. It's it, it's it's neat too. And it, it's also neat. I'll just say as an aside, like to witness day in and day out people come into our our tobacco shop and regularly connect in a very like beautiful civil warm loving way 
connect over some of the hardest issues of the day Dude. that people are screaming about, like the, the the things that make being on Facebook right now so miserable. Dude, like some of those same conversations <laughs> are happening just feet away from me in our at business. the Country Squire. Yes, and it's so loving and caring and like generous and gracious, and it's just like. Man, why why can't we bring that to the world? Man, listen. <laughs> and I guess the idea, I guess the world, I guess the idea is we're trying to, right? But <laughs> I mean, trying to look. I know that folks get, get nervous, man. I know that folks get nervous because, of course, you know, we made a promise a long time ago. We don't talk politics yeah. on this show. But yeah. I do think there is there need unless you've ever been to a, a place like the Country Squire, like it's hard to really envision this. And like, you know, you go to yeah. even like pipe smoking, like Facebook groups and you're like, what is this guys? Seriously? Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and like, it's awful, but like in the actual shop, in the actual shop, I mean, you've got folks of all different walks of life, all different political uh, persuasions. And even in the midst of pro I mean, I mean, I think it's safe yeah. to say the most politically tense time in our lifetimes. Yeah, sure. Uh, sure. But at the country squire, man, people, people come together, uh, smoke a pipe, and and listen and that it's so that right encouraging listen. man I, yes. oh man just just you know something what what do we call it the uh, adult pacifier you yeah, know? I mean, dude <laughs> seriously <laughs> and it's uh, you know to keep your pipe lit you got to shut up occasionally and, and so when you shut up you allow the other person to to uh you know to share their views and i, I don't know there's something about when you light up hey, this is not the you know the topic of our show no today, not in the slightest <laughs> <laughs> but it is funny we kind of are uh you know just diverting into this a little bit because it is so pertinent and, it, and and we're passionate about it it's it's just it's beautiful to see the magic that happens when you light up a pipe with uh with someone else and so yeah man if, if you're out there and uh and you're smoking your pipe around other people man keep it up and and bring some bring some other folks into that fold as well and if you don't have a crew to smoke your pipe with man find one create one and convert some some non-pipe smokers into <laughs> into lovers of the leaf and uh man just just know that we deeply sincerely believe that you're helping the world with every every puff oh man okay so speaking of already <laughs> off topic at like the top of the show like uh-huh. and, and you know since we've talked politics since we've 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 uh, uh touched politics we've, we've lightly lightly touched politics let me lightly touch the church real quick because i yeah. was at a uh, you know I'm, is there anything else controversial we yeah, can let, talk about let's, let's, well, not, religion look, and politics look we're talking about lovecraft you know is the controversial episode i know we, we hadn't announced that yet yeah, yeah this no. is the <laughs> halloween episode for the for the year yeah but anyway go go ahead bo no but uh we you know i've, I've been uh Man, I'm, actually, I don't even know how how much I should actually share about this, just because you know I want to yeah. be respectful of, of the position that we're in. But regardless, I was in a church group recently, and we were discussing in terms of like you know what one might desire from a senior pastor. I guess I'll worry yeah, that okay. way. Yeah. And you know, uh, we were going through kind of these logistics that were laid out by a particular denomination, uh, and you know, kind of using it as a basis. And one of the things that came through is like you know, not given to drunkenness, not not drug abuse not a smoker. And I was like, whoa, 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 hang on. <laughs> I was like, this, first of all, these are not the same thing. <laughs> this, I was like, man, that ain't my denomination. Exactly. Sure. <laughs> exactly. And it was interesting because we had a, you know, speaking That's just kind funny. of a diverse group where our, our group that was kind of meeting for this is an extremely diverse group. Yeah. And, uh, and so it was very, it's like, Oh, so you, you don't, you don't see smoking as a sin. I was like, Oh man, let's, let's dive into this right here. Now. <laughs> You kidding me? Let's go. And That's so, uh, funny, man. Wow. And I was like, no, are you kidding? I, I, listen, the, the notion that I could sit down and have a, have a pipe or cigar with my senior pastor is something that I find quite appealing. Yeah. <laughs> I do not Dude, see that same, as a Same, man. I, man, but, but my, my two uh, most recent priests have both been my customers, you know? It's yeah. like, 
<laughs> Listen, my last my last pastor when I was in Jackson, there's there's a lot we did not agree upon, but dude was a cigar smoker, and I respect yeah. him for that right there. Man, so. he, he, I, I know him well. He he pounds the uh, Arturo Fuentes. He sure exactly. does. Exactly. All that's right. funny, man. Yeah, that's, that's well, it's a good aside and a good thing to man just kind of briefly explore with you here. And 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 frankly, it's encouraging because it reminds me that you know we some some pipe smokers, you know, when you get that pipe in your mouth, you really can turn into these uh, loving teddy bears that all of a sudden understand the other side just a little bit so <laughs> that's right well i mean you know it's that pacifier man there's, there's something to that well hey that's uh well i what a great unexpected way yeah, to start no, this right episode. yeah <laughs> and also you know what i tell you what this actually works out pretty well because we are here in in the united states four years ago when we were going through an election process then we kind of made a promise to y'all that we've done our best to keep uh you know it's been we've had we've had feedback in, in terms of how well we've been able to keep it but i think for the most part the yeah the, uh, we, we've always wanted to kind of keep this mindset that, you know, uh, things happen in the world. The country squire kind of exists as kind of a, a way to sit in. And, you know, the shop is a great place to have those discussions. The show is kind of a great yeah. place to escape from the world. So uh, re- regardless of what yeah. comes in the next couple of weeks, uh, you know, that, that we're not saying it's not important, but we're probably not going to talk about it. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to talk about pipe, exactly pipe tobacco, right. baby. I'm excited. That is exactly right. So <laughs> that is good, right, man. Good chance that to reassure right. folks of that. Well, hey, and so we've we've got a lot of <laughs> a lot of great things going on, and of course, the Country Squire is made possible by our amazing uh, patrons and club members for the Country Squire Radio International Pipe Club. Dude, we've got a bunch of new members that I am really excited to shout out here. Ow! First of all, and man, at the Squire level, listen, Wade. Wade Dunlap. Now, let me ask you something, John David. Do you know what Dunlap's disease is? Okay, I, I, I don't. Is it is it being a, a beautiful and handsome and uh, you know articulate and and all, all right? Those so kinds this this things? is a, this is like a this is like a southern check to figure out exactly how southern someone is. Dunlap's disease is when your belly Dunlapped over your belt. You you don't know about Dunlap's disease. <laughs> I don't, you know, I, I guess I should, I, you know, if you look at the people in my family, you'd probably say, ah, he probably knows about Dunlap disease. <laughs> that was what my, my grandmother used to always say. But anyway, Wade Dunlap, who That's I'm funny. sure is in like tip top shape. That's not, it's not a, not necessarily a representative of the Dunlap's club there. Wade, that's great. Yeah, Thank you, Wade. Man. Thanks so much for, uh, for joining us here. Then we got Tyler Edwards, uh, or Edward, Edwards, Edwards, Edwards. Dang it, Tyler, your name is too easy to say. Uh, so Tyler at the Squire level, <laughs> glad to have you here. We also have Josh Knuckrolls, which I like to think that he's got rolls of coins that he holds in his knuckles, and you don't want to throw down with Josh. That's the way that I... I, I, I wouldn't, uh, for a variety of reasons, but, uh, you know, it, I, I doubt he has coins in his there knuckles. There you go. <laughs> man, Josh, thank and you then, so uh, much. And then finally at the Pilgrim level, man, we got Eric Karlowski. Uh, yeah, man. Wow. Carl up there skiing it. Eric... <laughs> I know, right? Dude, Eric, man, thank you so much for supporting our show. Of course, longtime listener and uh, longtime supporter. We're so Love grateful Eric, for man. you, man. Eric, a uh, uh, dear friend in the in the pipe community and, um, man, one of one of Michigan's finest. All right, man, we've we've got a great show. Uh, yeah, like I said, this is great. I actually think it's great that we, we, we touch on controversial subjects probably in the least controversial way possible at the top of the show. And let's hope we carry that through because by listener request for our Halloween episode – we are diving into Lovecraft-inspired blends, which is kind of fascinating for a number of reasons. But I think the most important one is that H.P. Lovecraft, not a pipe smoker. 
<laughs> it's kind of funny, right? You know, we'll, we'll talk about, you know, who Lovecraft was and the series that Cornell and Deal came out with, you know, kind of in honor of him. But but yeah, not a pipe smoker, man. Uh, not a, uh, my understanding actually was he also was a non-drinker. He was a teetotaler. And so, you know, it's, it's interesting. Just someone that, you know, inspired this kind of dark, sinister, twisted kind of universe, uh, you know, in, in the pulp fiction that he wrote early, kind of uh, one of the first early sci-fi writers, you know, and and, uh, and paranormal and all this kind of stuff. And, and yet he was, uh, you know, relatively straight-laced, right? Well, certainly when it came <laughs> to, like, his, what he was imbibing. I mean, like, you know, one of the things that I've always found very fascinating about Lovecraft, or at least Lovecraft lore, um, is how yeah. very weird and different it is. I mean, you know, you, you think about kind of, for example, like J.R.R. Tolkien and kind of what he brought to fantasy, right? And like how he kind of brought in a lot of these various yeah. mythological concepts into this kind of one shared universe. In many respects, Lovecraft, as as far as I kind of grasp his works, it, it almost kind of like, is it safe to say that you could argue that Lovecraft was almost more original than Tolkien when it came to kind of creating his worlds? Man, you know, okay, that's, that's, um, those are fighting words, okay. but, the, but, but I think, but I'm not, I'm not calling you out for it. I, I'm, I'm saying that's strong, but possibly accurate, but you've got an <laughs> argument there. Yeah. Yeah. You, you've got, you've got an argument there. Of course, they're both around the same time, right? I mean, you know, the Tolkien, uh, you know, a product of that World War One era, uh, Lovecraft, of course, the same, uh, maybe a little older, but, you know, these are people that kind of lived, inhabited some of the same space. Lovecraft, of course, was was unknown in his lifetime. He was uh, truly uh, uh, someone on the fringe, someone that wasn't celebrated by any stretch of the imagination and, and only, you know, came to prominence kind of in the, uh, you know, weird, uh, you know, paranormal, sci-fi, horror, early horror uh, stuff really after his mm-hmm. death, you know. And so, uh, it did you know, from that standpoint, didn't really have a whole lot in common with uh, with Tolkien, but as far as creating a, a genre and certainly a universe that a lot of his works inhabited, um, yeah, I think I think that's that's arguable. Yeah, I, I really I really do. Uh, interesting. So he's someone who's like fantasy has inspired the imagination, which I think does kind of touch on the tobacconist, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, you you yourself being a tobacconist, we we we've it's. <laughs> All of your blends, obviously. You're giving me a lot of credit here, okay? What I'm saying is, like, you you, you have made some some really really fantastic blends, and there is always kind of this. People might think I'm waxing a little bit too poetic here, but I mean, there's always kind of a lore associated with a blend that you make. There's a story. There's some well, inspiration sure. behind it. Yeah. There's, you know, th- there's a reason why you kind of landed on this blend, this this flavor, this this texture connected with this name, and there's a story there. And so, you know, for our friends at Cornell and Deal, this is not something that they that is a foreign concept to them as well. <laughs> that is exactly right, man. It, it it's a good point actually, because of course, uh, you know, the brain behind this uh, child <laughs> <laughs> that that they came out with this H.P. Lovecraft inspired series of tobaccos, uh, Jeremy Reeves himself, and and a romantic at heart, someone that. Uh, you know, has a lot of uh, passion and energy and isn't going to put his name on something that doesn't have that same kind of, uh, you know, story and interest and uh, complexity and, and emotion, you know, in, evokes emotion and all this kind of stuff. And so, um, man, it's just, it's very, um, you know, very indicative of the, the kind of product he puts out and it it, uh, it tells a story. So I got to ask, like, I mean, and you might not know this, so <laughs> I'm sorry if I'm setting you up to fail. <laughs> uh, Calling me but, out. So, I mean, 
mean, is it safe to assume that perhaps he is a fan of Lovecraft? You know what I mean? Like, I would, I would think so. Yeah, I mean, it, it takes a lot to. Uh, of course, I haven't talked to Jeremy about this, and uh, you know, I haven't spoken with Jeremy in a um, couple months actually. So, I, you know, we didn't talk about this episode before coming on air. But yeah, you know, I, I bet, I bet he is. I mean, I think it would take it take a lot of guts to come out with an entire line of tobaccos that you know are based around the universe that uh, someone like H.P. Lovecraft created. You know, and it, and it's been a very successful line. They've come out. They came out with five blends. They added a sixth uh, later down the road. Road and um, all of them, you know, dark, rich, mysterious, very, uh, you know, the, <laughs> they they certainly are blends that would ghost your right. pipe, you know, out of their rich, rich complexity and all that type of stuff. I use the word ghost, uh, you know, with pun intended <laughs> there, right? You're welcome. Um, but, you know, it, it it's, I, I think, you know, obviously he probably had that kind of honor in mind when he was uh, going that's down interesting. that road. So. Yeah. So, so that's the thing, right? Like, you know, you think about what I love about, about this, you know, again, I, I do feel like, you know, because we were kind of talking about it before, like, man, H.P. Lovecraft, no, no, this guy, this dude was not a pipe smoker. We cannot do any kind of heroes of the bowl on him or, or villains of the bowl on yeah. him or anything of that nature from right. that angle. But because this was very specifically a listener requested uh, concept, we felt, you know, pretty confident moving forward. I will say this though. I really, you know, if you think back to our first ever Halloween special, it was called to the depths and it was inspired that even that title. And I mean, we've used that title since then, um, as almost like an homage to yeah. our first ever Halloween episode. And it was because we took the concept of heroes, of the bowl, and we flipped it on its head. And we talked about, uh, villains who were pipe smokers and our first ever villain that we talked about was Davy Jones from the Pirates of the Caribbean film series. Yeah, yes, that's right. I who, forgot his that. entire yeah. look, very Lovecraftian inspired. Um, tentacles for mm-hmm. the beard. His head is essentially like this kind of octopus Cthulhu yeah. looking thing. Um, he was this arbiter of death, almost like uh, he, had, he had kind of corrupted his charge. He was supposed to ferry souls to the afterlife, but instead he was kind of enslaving them on his ship. And, uh, and kind of making deals with them. And, and because of his corrupting of this task that was kind of put forth to him, he himself became corrupted, which is why he kind of became kind of this mm. Cthulhu-like uh, uh, creature. And of course, you know, when we first are introduced to him, he is sitting there, he's smoking this giant pipe and uh, using his tentacles to like light it, to put it out. Like, you know, it's like very, <laughs> <laughs> very effective in the way that he was uh, utilizing his setup. Mm. But man, before even diving into this, you know, I, I feel like like Lovecraft has been kind of experiencing a little bit of a moment here in terms of the lore. Because for one thing, I've never really played the Boulder's Gate series, but I know they've got a new game coming out. And I think because of the, the nature of 2020, I've been more like aware of video games and new video games on the market and yeah. just kind of, you know, what entertainment looks like here in the next coming years. And it's very easy to see that this is a very Lovecraft-inspired uh, creatures that are going to be driving the video game, which is just such an interesting thing, the way that Lovecraft concepts hmm. have been coming back into the public lexicon. But there's kind of a, a nature to Lovecraft that always has to be dealt with. This was a deeply problematic person who had some very, very terrible views on humanity. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> a, a, you know uh, a creative genius, but but super racist, not even in kind of that like controversial, <laughs> like even the racist, you know, like even people yeah. like, Oh, well, you know, this person, like they were kind of like, no, this dude, like do some digging. Yeah. It's not hard to see. And one of the things that I've really found fascinating, cause I just started watching it kind of in preparation, even for this episode, I started watching HBO's uh, Lovecraft country, 
which is inspired, or at least I think pseudo-based off of a novel called Lovecraft Country, where it kind of explores the horrors of you know the Jim Crow South, specifically being black in the Jim Crow South, and mixes that with yeah. Lovecraftian um, mythology and kind of the way in which wow. I, it's fascinating. And it's kind of the, this way in which you engage with literally all aspects of who Lovecraft was, right? Yeah. Like yeah. The, the fantastic genius. And even in that show, they start off by talking about, I think, John Carter, uh, which is a fictional character not connected to Lovecraft, but the main character in the series is a fan of John Carter, and he's explaining it to this woman. They're, they're both African-American. They're kind of on the road walking yeah. uh, through the Jim Crow South, and, and he explains to her this is this Confederate general who gets lost on Mars, and she's like, he's a Confederate <laughs> general. <laughs> like, you know, and he kind of talks about like reconciling with the fact that you know the, this kind of fantastic element and this kind of dreaming of living on Mars, but also kind of the problematic nature that's also associated with the character. Yeah, and sure. that's just something you have to reconcile with. No, that's right. Well, even as Americans, our our you know 100%. story is our yes. story is littered with that kind. Dude, of Dude, even as fans of tobacco, man, are you kidding no, it's, me? It's exactly, <laughs> like, exactly right. I mean, look at look at some of our heroes. You know, that's <laughs> it's exactly right. not. Not just folks like Sir Walter Raleigh, you know, but uh, even Albert Einstein. You know, you've got these uh, geniuses that uh, that had their had their tragic flaws uh, were a part of their stories, and and certainly we think about some of our um, you know heroes that uh, you know lived in different times and accomplished different things that are important to us all. But um, you know, so Lovecraft was complex. He he was he was very complex, and certainly in his way birthed a and and you know, a, a genre in, in some essence, but, you know, was also, um, also certainly had his own demons. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so that's, that's the thing I always, I always love, or I think it's always very important to, if you're going to talk about Lovecraft, if you're going to give this man the dues, he definitely deserves for kind of the creative, fantastic nature of the way his imagination works and continues to inspire stories. Yeah. You have to also reconcile with the reality that the man was, but yeah. Yeah. And, and let's, let's separate, let's separate the two and, um, and, you know, and, and certainly enjoy some tobaccos that were uh, inspired by his world. So, yeah. All right. So getting into the actual tobacco. So we, we talked about kind of the, the worlds or the kind of the concepts painted by Lovecraft is kind of these darker spaces. There was always kind of a, um, and one of the things I kind of love about the, the concepts anyway, is that they're tied to underwater, right like this almost kind of like a sea lore um, yeah yeah in so much mixed with the insanity of the mind at mm. least i mean you yeah. you know better than i do well it, it's great you know and i i want to be clear i'm no i'm definitely no scholar of lovecraft or uh the cthulhu mythos and all this stuff i've read a few books and i and i find it enjoyable and uh, and intriguing, but yeah, there's this murkiness, right, that goes with the depths. You, you think of the mm-hmm. uh, the the depths, the the lack of clarity that's there, the darkness, the intrigue, the hey, what's around that corner kind of thing. Oh, I heard a noise. What was that? <laughs> and uh, and and you know, certainly, I think uh, you know that has come up. You know, the squid-like features of the characters that uh, that are there in in Lovecraft, but uh, but even in the artwork that we've seen that Cornell and Deal has come out with here just some really interesting nods to that and 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 to that uh, motif that that has been put out there so yeah pretty interesting uh you know uh, again lovecraft you know someone that was that early horror writer and just had this interesting way of taking these situations and making a very nebulous description still coherent and and 
and mm. understandable in a way where you could kind of muddle through it. It's really it's it's interesting. There's no no writing like it that I've ever ever uh, experienced. I read a lot of fiction, and um, and he he was certainly unique, uh, very very unique in that way. But yeah. So the these blends that that Cornell and Deal came out with, uh, uh, they called it the, the Old One series, and mm. man, just such a such a great bevy of tobaccos that are incredibly complex. They live up to their inspiration in some way because they're all that mysterious, murky, intriguing, complex, just, um, you know, when you, you'll get that, you know, random flavor of some very obscure tobacco that's in there. And it, when it pops up, you're like, oh, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> man, I, I think they just really nailed it with this, uh, this particular line. So yeah, I mean, we'll start out, we're just going to kind of briefly touch on each one of these tobaccos and, and the beauty of each one. And would love to hear, you know, after all this is said and done, uh, if you have smoked the uh, Cornell and Deal Lovecraft Old One series, you know, uh, these um, these blends, we'd love to hear from you and just kind of what your thoughts are on them. They've been really wild sellers, uh, you know, as soon as... Wild the, sellers. You said... Wild. You said, you said beauty, man. You can't... You can't this is the, the, the terrifying dark deeps <laughs> of the Lovecraft series. The old ones are calling you. Yeah, I'm just saying that, that what what says beauty can't be a little scary, you know? <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Oh, that's deep. It is deep. <laughs> that's um, deep. Man, he's got, they came out with several. Uh, the Innsmouth, uh, of course, is the, um, you know, one of the, the first ones there that, that debuted. We had five original ones. They've added a six since then. But mm. uh, the description, we're going to read the description, just kind of give a brief overview of each tobacco. Innsmouth, a strange piece of jewelry sends you on a quest down the accursed and decrepit streets of Innsmouth. Armed with this singular blend of Virginia's Caterini Perique and Black Cavendish, it's your duty to uncover the truth, Ooh. the deep truth. <laughs> um, man, one thing you'll find as a theme uh, throughout every single one of these tobaccos is that they all feature uh, Perique. They all feature Perique. Mm-hmm. I, I, well, okay, I will say the most the most recent one they came out with did not. I think they were like, okay, we need to throw the the you know non Perique guys. We need to throw them a bone. But they, <laughs> they all the other ones uh, feature Perique, and most of them feature tor- Turkish tobaccos as well, which is really interesting. So got a ribbon cut tobacco here. It's something that's uh, you know medium. Um, strength, but um, you know, virtually unflavored and has a nice full body to it. But this has got uh, a little bit of sweetened black Cavendish as well, in order to uh, just kind of you know give it a nice uh, palate to to maybe the um, the smoker that needs a little a little you know roundedness on the corners there. So Innsmouth is uh, it was their first one, and of course uh, you know very popular uh, you know among the series. The next one, Cornell Deal Awakened Elder. This this one is, uh, you know, similar. You've got a lot of the same ingredients. Uh, they go on to say, after centuries of undisturbed slumber, something has awakened them. In their return, a great plume of exotic smoke rises from the deep, redolent with notes of Latakia, Katsuri, Virginia's Burley, Perique, and Black Cavendish. <laughs> man. And, uh, man, just a lot, uh, a lot of this going on here. A tobacco that I think is maybe a little stronger than the Innsmouth. It's one of those that has a little more oomph to it. Uh, certainly also a full-bodied or, you know, medium body tobacco that uh, the non-aromatic smoker will enjoy. So, mm. good one, too. Miskatonic mixture. Uh, this is a, a blend that uh, became one of their 
uh, you know, came on really strong at the beginning uh, and, and was, was very popular there uh, right at, at first. Uh, you know, Miskatonic mixture, a fun name that a lot of people were like, well, I don't know what that means, but I'm certainly going to smoke it. <laughs> <laughs> I think folks were just intrigued by this more than anything. Amidst the old tomes in a remote corner of, your, of the library, you discover an obscure reference to an occult recipe, a pinch of granulated perique over a bed of Caterini and Virginia, finished with a dash of sweet black Cavendish to cure the madness. And, uh, mm-hmm. man, a, a very, uh, you know, one of their more popular blends at, at the beginning of this and just really something that appealed to a lot of different palates. The black Cavendish softened it up there a little bit. It was a... Um, non-aromatic tobacco but it's on the milder side and something that is earthy but but also just a little sweet a little spicy the floral essences there of the uh, of the Turkish tobacco, uh, you know, were brought out and, and made it kind of fun. So one of the ones that you're, you know, more likely to find on the tobacconist shelf there, mm. uh, Miskatonic mixture. Of course, the final two of the series that they came out with, first is Dreams of Kadath. Uh, this one, one of the most popular uh, of all these blends. Uh, Dreams of Kadath, your journey to Kadath will not be an easy one. Before you descend the steps into the dreamlands, prepare yourself with this fragrant blend of dark Fire Kentucky, Caterini, Perique, Virginia Burley, and Black Cavendish. And you know, as I'm reading these descriptions, like you're you're noticing the the common threads there. I mean, it's just over and over. Perique, Black Cavendish, Virginias, and Orientals. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's fascinating. But Jeremy and in, in his genius was able to create all these different blends that have these very similar ingredients, but they all taste different. You'll get uh, in some are uh, more floral, some are more cedary. Some have that uh, little em- emphasis on the dark fired leaf that gives it a nice uh, roasted smokiness. You know that chestnut uh, roasted flavor. It's uh, it's it's really interesting how he's mm. able to pull this off. Uh, throughout the whole line. So uh, Dreams of Kadath, this one is actually a plug tobacco. Uh, Cornell and Deal makes a great plug. They take, um, you know, their their choice leaves and then uh, press them uh, very, very hard into a little brownie, and uh, they flake apart really easily. A lot of uh, plugs are, are hard to, to pull apart, but they they tend to have plugs that uh, you can even manipulate some with your hands, which hmm. uh, makes it uh, kind of nice to, um, you know, be able to just out of a convenience uh, thing. So um, so anyway, uh, Dreams of Kadath. And then finally, uh, probably the most popular of all of these tobaccos, the Mad Fiddler Flake. Uh, it's a uh, flake tobacco, uh, Black Cavendish, Cigar Leaf, Perique, and Virginia. Uh, the Cigar Leaf is definitely the outlier here, right? It's it's something that is going to make this, this tobacco more uh, full-bodied, more uh, robust and, and, you know, earthy, chocolatey. You'll have that uh, zestiness that's there that uh, is hard to define and other other tobaccos that typically go in pipe tobaccos. So um, it says the eerie, otherworldly sound of a violin breaches the walls between your rooms. As the mad fiddler reaches his crescendo, embers take to your leaf, uh, setting your mixture of Virginia, Katsuri, Perique, and Black Cavendish ablaze in the darkness. And, uh, man, this is a this has been a wildly popular tobacco and something that they, uh, they've gotten to where they sell quite a bit of. Uh, unflavored uh, for the most part, we think, but uh, it's going to be a little on the fuller side. Certainly that cigar leaf, uh, you know, as we've mentioned before, how that adds to a lot of uh, robust flavor uh, in a pipe blend. It's got more nicotine. It's going to, uh, of course, pair with that perique to, um, you know, kind of provide a smoky, sour flavor that's uh, 
uh, you know, interesting, and and then of course rounded off by some of that black Cavendish that's uh, that's in there as well. So great tobaccos. They did come out with one other one. That other tobacco uh, debuted later. It's the Visions of Selephus. Uh, I, I I am probably not saying that right. C e l e c e l e p h a i with two dots over it. S. <laughs> Just don't say it three times, lest T appear. I know that's right. That is right. And uh, ex- exactly. Um, man, yeah. And, uh, again, a ribbon cut tobacco. This one is going to be the aromatic of the bunch that they've dropped in here to, uh, you know, throw a bone to the folks that, you know, maybe aren't into the the non-aromatics as much. And so what's interesting, this is the only one that does not feature Perique, which I think is interesting. And they've put a grappa topping on this, that, mm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. nice soft wine flavor that goes you know, with some different tobacco products, they'll use this kind of sparingly, but there's that, that grape topping that's kind of there. It's that, you know, generally a, a, a wine flavor that you'll get occasionally. It also features this casturi leaf, which is kind of interesting. Casturi leaf, you know, it's not particularly common in pipe tobaccos, but it's a it's a product of Indonesia. You'll see this occasionally uh, in different blends, and and more often you'll actually see it in clove cigarettes, which is kind of interesting. It's a, a tobacco that has almost a almost an incensey uh, essence to it. The the spice is yields itself more towards the the incense side of the spectrum, and so uh, it's just a just a fun interesting tobacco that they've you know introduced into this blend and makes it that much more uh interesting and curious and and uh and murky (laughs) (laughs) murky definitely sounds appropriate all things considered yeah yeah i think so (laughs) you know it i think it's fascinating that only one of these not in the series is not a perique blend Uh, if you were to say there was one particular pipe tobacco that had like if, if there was such a thing we know this is not the thing but let's just say there was one pipe tobacco that had concentrated evil in it. <laughs> like, and like with, with no, like no accounting for taste, no set of anything else. I'm just saying like, that's awesome. Like, but you know, you know, I mean like, look, I have had pipes oh, ghosted by Perique before. <laughs> like, no, that's it. That's it. You know, it, it's interesting. You know, if you were going <laughs> to, what'd you say? If you're, if you're going to, you know, say that there's one tobacco that's made from concentrated evil, yeah, I man, I, I don't know. I, I'm actually, I may have to roll with that. I may have to use that in my own uh, spiel occasionally because, uh, man, Perique is so fun to me. I, I, I love blending with it. I love smoking it. It's, uh, it's so interesting, and you've got, mm, uh, you've got yes. mystery there. You've got pepper. You've got fruit. You've got, um, you know, wine. You've got uh, vinegar. You've got uh, sugar. It, it's, it's just, it's really, it's really different. It's, a, it's a, it's a sweet, spicy. Uh, vinegary, earthy, peaty, mushroomy <laughs> um, delight, <laughs> and uh, yeah. So I, you know, I think there's probably, and and, and that might be what Jeremy was thinking. I he, think um, so. I think so. And I think more power to him. I think that's that's brilliant, actually. Yeah, yeah. What what better focus leaf to have in this bevy of tobaccos that that you know is going to be emphasized with the mysteriousness, the murkiness of it than Perique. I I think that's uh that's probably there's a good point. to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, you know, Perique's just a, it's 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 just one of those. I feel like it's it's one of those uh, pipe tobaccos out there that has so much lore attached to it. I know there's been a lot of discussion around kind of Perique lately in the pipe community. Yeah. That's something we want to address in the future, to be sure. Um, so yeah. I, I wanted to go ahead and acknowledge that too, especially since it's such a prevalent ingredient in all of these, um, you know, uh, diabolical 
in, in, insane inducing uh, n- <laughs> nightmare uh, nightmare blends that one can only imagine will you know bring the horrors of the depths deep in from your soul up from your soul and into your mind uh, through through the the uh, miracle of your pipe. <laughs> <laughs> well put, good that? sir. Well put, good sir. If, if there was any p- appropriate tobacco for uh, for Halloween, it would certainly be uh, certainly Absolutely. be free. <laughs> well, man, great great blends here, and you know, it's such a such a fascinating request, and I think one we've really had a lot of fun with to uh, to kind of explore these particular blends. But the great thing is, no matter what kind of pipe tobacco you happen to be smoking, whether or not you're worried that it may ghost your your most pristine of pipes. Uh, and you want to make sure that you're able to enjoy it without having to worry about the uh, the, the spirits of pipe tobacco's past coming back to haunt you. Uh, the best way to do that, of course, <laughs> is with a great corncob pipe from our good friends at Missouri Meerschaum. Man, that is right. That is right. So many good pipes at Missouri Meerschaum, but excellent pipes to taste new tobaccos mm-hmm. with. So let's say you wanted to uh, get the pure essence of this, in, this entire lineup of tobaccos that Cornell & Deals come out with, all six blends. Man, you can get six beautiful pipes for a very low cost if you buy the Eaton corncob pipe. They're only $3.99 a piece as their retail. And, um, man, just an awesome small... Uh, bowl with a really nice uh, kind of slender uh, frame. It's a beautiful tasting pipe. No filter, so you're getting just a really clean flavor of the tobacco itself. It has a smaller barrel-shaped bowl. It's all natural uh, and just that long kind of slim, uh, you know, frame that's very, very attractive. A nice pocket pipe, also a good tasting pipe, and uh, and great for a pipe if you wanted to keep several around uh, to give to a friend when you're, um, you know, got someone coming over that's not a pipe mm-hmm. smoker but might want to try. Uh, man, just a great uh, a great gift. So the Eaton Corncob Pipe, uh, you can find it from Missouri Meerschaum at their own website, corncobpipe.com. Uh, it's available now, and uh, check it out. And if you have an Eaton that you're uh, either smoking this week or incorporating into your Halloween costume, uh, be sure to take a picture and let us know. It's a great way to let the good folks at Missouri Meerschaum know you appreciate them for sponsoring this show. Pipe Question of the Week. Pipe question of the week. All right, man. Pipe question of the week coming in this week from listener Rob. Man, Rob. Love love Rob. Longtime listener and supporter of the show, man. Good to, good to hear from you, brother. Hope you're doing well. Absolutely, man. So Rob said, I have a question for you. I have a pipe that the stem has oxidized. Is there any way yeah. to clean it myself at home, or do I need to have it professionally cleaned? Thanks, Rob. Now, before you actually answer this question, John David, why don't you kind of yeah. uh, break down what does oxidized mean as as it relates to a uh, a pipe uh, pipe stem? Yeah, what what we're what we're talking about here is the effect that both air and light have on rubber. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really, it's uh it's that that ebonite or, or vulcanite uh, material that that you know stems are made of. You don't see this in acrylic stems uh, or lucite stems, but that that hard rubber that is uh, traditionally used for pipe stems. Um, if you if it starts to turn kind of a hazy white color or certainly a green or yellowish color, uh, that's what we call oxidation. It's the effect of uh, oxygen and and uh, light on the uh, on the stem itself. And so maybe we should do a whole episode on the chemistry of that one day. <laughs> but it's uh yeah, it's an interesting thing that happens to some of the best stems uh, on earth and it's it's unavoidable if the pipe is is in the open air and around sunlight and so um yeah just something that at some point if you own a really nice pipe it doesn't matter if it's a five dollar pipe or a a three thousand dollar pipe if it's got a ebonite or vulcanite stem it's probably going to oxidize 
guys. And so, yeah, you can clean it yourself, Rob. What what I do here in the shop, because I've, you know, got a set up with a, a buffing wheel and all the right polishing compounds is ever in everything, I can, I can throw it on there and do some quick sanding and have it done, you know, pretty quickly. But if you're at home, uh, you know, there's a, there's a few things you can do. Brebia actually makes a pipe polish, which actually works for minor cases of oxidation. If it's something that's very light, you can rub it on there, let it sit a little bit, and then take a terry cloth and just buff it really, really good to try to get some of that oxidation off. What a lot of folks do with harder cases, stuff that's a little uh, more intense, is they'll use uh, things like OxyClean uh, to uh, to you know, soak these pipe stems in. If you give it kind of a, uh, basically a bath in mm. this OxyClean, you know, you'll want to, uh, when you get done with that, uh, you know, use a terry cloth to wipe it really good. And then, you know, in some cases you might have to sand it a little bit too. And so, um, you know, the, the, you know, essentially if you go to most of the men that, that are listening to this show will never have gone into a makeup store. <laughs> the reason I have gone into a makeup store is because if you've seen a picture of me, I have very long hair, and right. sometimes I need things that are in that kind of store. <laughs> <laughs> they, they have grooming products and, uh, you know, things for Confession times with John David Cole. Like yes. And so, uh, yeah. It, 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 you know, a little revelation about me, but I, I have been to the Ulta down the street a time or two. Okay. <laughs> I mentioned drinking Chardonnay once in New Orleans and you, and yep. I can't hear the end of it. You will never hear this again. Everybody's like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. John I never will. The make, ne- makeup store. Never Ta- will. <laughs> tobacco Jesus's mane must be upheld. Of course. It's got to be cared yeah. for, dude. It's got to be. Where else am I going to get, uh, you know, macadamia oil? <laughs> Oh man, it's such a double standard. Right, I know, right. We um if you go to a place like this, the reason we bring that up, they will have uh these uh you're probably familiar with uh emery boards, you mm-hmm. know, just a, na- a nail file. Um and they've got, you know, a variety where you can actually get graduated nail files like this. You can do um like a, you know, a, a they've got a coarser one. Uh, a kind of a medium uh, grit one, and then a, a, a you know finer grit one, basically to sand your your nails down. Well, the same thing works great on uh, on your pipe stem, especially to get out teeth marks and some of that stubborn oxidation that won't come out uh, from just kind of you know polishing it with your hands. So anyway, uh, give that a shot. You know that that's something. If you'll go into uh, a place like that, maybe a Walgreens, CVS drugstore will have something like that. Those um, you know, more sophisticated emery boards that have uh, graduated, uh, you know, grits on them. But, um, you know, that's a that's a thing you can try as well. But, um, yeah, so anyway, I, you know, something like that, Rob, you, you definitely can do it yourself. If you want to get a little more sophisticated and you have like a, you know, a Dremel tool or something like that, some people will take a Dremel tool and, and get the buffing attachment for that and then start using maybe some polishing compounds like uh, white diamond polish, uh, Tripoli, uh, I'd probably go with the Tripoli at first, unless you're doing some real, uh, real heavy duty. You know, want some, uh, you know, super precise work done, and then maybe followed up with some Carnauba wax. But anyway, uh, yeah, you, you can do it at home. It's certainly something that is going to take some extra effort. If you do use a chemical, obviously like uh, OxyClean or bleach or anything like that, you're, you know, let's let's be very clear. You're going to want to clean it extremely thoroughly. 
um, before you uh, before you use it again. So inside and out, scrub that joker really good. Use uh, you know maybe some some grain alcohol or uh, something of that nature to just get that joker really really clean uh, before you go putting uh, putting your mouth on it. But um, but you can do it yourself. If not, you can have it professionally clean. There's some great folks out there that do that kind of thing. We do it here at the Squire. You're welcome to contact us about it. But you know folks that do it more often that are probably better suited for that kind of thing. Folks like Reborn Pipes, our friend up in mm-hmm. Canada. Uh, we've got uh, Tim West, who uh, does a whole lot of pipe repair there uh, in the, uh, I think Tim is in Ohio, if I'm remembering right. And, uh, you know, we uh, often send folks to uh, Norwood's Pipe Repair in, in Tennessee. They do a good job as well. So it's lots of, uh, you know, different, uh, you know, uh, Briarville. I mean, th- there's so many uh, so many good ones out there that uh, that do good work. So anyway, check with check with someone like that if you need some extra help. All right. Well, there you go. And great question, Rob. Hey, if you've got a pipe question of the week to for us, send it in. Show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Again, that is show at CountrySquireRadio.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Quick fire with the squire. Quick fire question. All right, man. Quick fire questions coming in from uh, Casey Holland. This is continuing on the Lord of the Rings series. Man, I bashed Tolkien in this early on. I didn't bash Tolkien. I want to go on record. I, no, you didn't. I, you, you didn't. I, I, I think what you what you said was very. Uh, it, it was an interesting observation and something that. Um, yeah, no, I mean it, it was fair. It's fair. Okay, all right. Just making sure. Just making sure. And, and, and now we get to pay pay homage and, and love for Tolkien as well. So it works out. <laughs> it all comes balancing out. All right. So this is continuing on the the Tolkien quick fire questions that Casey sent us. Uh, are you ready, sir? Yep. All right. Would you rather explore the forest with Tom Bombadil or fly on eagles with Gandalf? Uh, I would I would rather be in the forest with Tom Bombadil. As much as as an attractive as it is to spend uh, that much more time with Gandalf, you know. I, I'll, 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 I'll keep my feet on the ground. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, don't get me wrong, flying, cool. The eagles get played out. I feel like they always show up, like, every five minutes anyway to solve problems, and I, I don't want to be accused of relying on the eagles. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, the other thing, too, and this is really what it comes down to, is there's so many mysteries still surrounding Tom Bombadil, and, you know, I feel like you could, like, you could spend hours with that dude, like, chilling in the forest and still not get... Like, you'd, you'd walk away with even more questions than answers. Um, and so, yeah, I would definitely rather explore the forest of Tom Bombadil, try to see it through his eyes, ask questions, get more questions. Um, that man is a lore machine, so I'm, I'm all about Tom Bombadil. I'm with you. All right. <laughs> uh, see, would you rather smoke your pipe in front of the hearth of Bag End or while camping out at, on Weathertop? Wow. 
I'd probably I'd probably rather the hearth of Bag yeah, End. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I you know we- Weathertop terrifies me a little bit, uh, <laughs> but um, the warmth of Bag End, just in general, that hearth uh, of your own home being uh, cozy where you can kind of relax and let your guard down. Um, I don't know. That's that's the place I think I would like my pipe most. I mean, let, let's be honest here. I mean, like you know, you you me people listening, they, they realize we're, we're Mississippi boys. Like that's going to come across just from the sound <laughs> of our voice, one way or the other. But at the same time, like we don't really hunt. <laughs> like you know what I mean? No. Like, like we are not outdoorsmen at at all. <laughs> no, no. It's it's kind of ridiculous. I you know I we are probably the two. Uh, you know, pipe smoking, the, Mississippian, grown pipe men, smoking, beard wearing, flannel, you know, Mississippians. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I own two. I have two pickup trucks. You know, yeah, and you I'm just, do. I mean, I, I do, and I, you I got the I good one fire, and the other one. I own. I, I do. I've got exactly. I, I own firearms and have a concealed carry That's permit right. and, and all that. But I'm just, I'm not a hunter. <laughs> not a hunter. <laughs> just not a hunter. Not I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah, it's kind of, kind of weird. Yeah. So, so uh, I think, gu- I think we're guilty both as charged. I think for both of us, give us, give us a warm hearth with a room over our heads and you know camping's great y'all enjoy you know <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I i have a ford f-150 uh it's um a little older truck but um yeah, i pulled up in front you know a buddy of mine was uh at this place one time i pulled the truck up and got out and he just kind of shook his head he looked at me and he said that's the worst waste of a truck <laughs> <I've ever seen." laughs> And, uh, you know, he's, he's probably not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was accurate, man. That's great. All right. So there you go. And then, uh, finally he said, would you prefer smoking an aromatic with Aragorn or an English with Gandalf? Ooh, interesting. Dang. Just trying to <laughs> make, t- trying, t- just trying time, make trouble with this one. Just trying to make some trouble with this one. Yes. And, and congratulations, Casey. You, you did. Cause this is, this is a toughie right here. Yeah, man, I I would probably have to do English with Gandalf. I you know, as uh, intriguing as Aragorn is, man, there's there's nothing more uh, intriguing than Gandalf. And so, uh, you know, having the opportunity to to sit there and enjoy a pipe and and maybe get his guard a little low to ask some uh, probing questions and 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 get some interesting answers. I, I I couldn't pass that up. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. I mean, like you know, no no slight to you know the 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 once and future king of. Uh... Gondor? No, I mean, hey, I'm all about it. I mean, all you know, he great, great guy. I, and you know, <laughs> I, I, you know, from time to time, I get flack from for not being. I, I smoke English. I do smoke English. I, I don't smoke all English. I'm not like an English smoker. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, I do. It's pref- not your go-to. Exactly. Your I do prefer aromatics, but I will tell you this: I will smoke like the strongest, worst, at least worst for me, English blend. If it meant being able to enjoy a pipe with, with Gandalf. Yeah, or Perique. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Now, you, you can put Tom Bombadil in the mix. It's, it's going to change. But, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on that. <laughs> so, there you go. Those are uh, great questions, Casey. Thank you so much for those. And, uh, hey, if you've got some quick-fire questions for us, be sure to send them into the show. That is show at countrysquireradio.com. Again, that is show at countrysquireradio.com. Your thoughts, your comments. Listener feedback. Listener feedback. Man, we got some great listener feedback this week, of course, coming in from Marcus from Michigan. Man, we get the Michigan edition coming in. We got Eric up there. We love we have so many friends in Michigan. We love those guys. Here representing. All right. So Marcus from Michigan. Uh this is a little bit of a long one. That's all right. What did Marcus have to say? 
Yeah, he says, Hi guys, I'm a long-time listener. I listen to podcasts on my 40-minute work commute every day, and I'm always happy to see when there's a new episode of Country Squire Radio. Uh, sadly, I'm a little backed up on episodes as I've been working remote because of COVID, uh, but I've recently gotten back to work in person uh, a few days a week and heard a listener question that I may be able to help with. He goes on to say, this was a question from several episodes back asking what to do with pipe tobacco you don't love and new tins you want to open but don't have enough jars. I've been smoking a pipe for about 12 years and have encountered this from time to time. I would put the tobacco in a large mason jar and just keep cramming it in there until it couldn't fit anymore. Then I'd remove, then I'd move on to other blends. Well, after years of doing this, I finally thought, I've got to do something with this tobacco. So I made my own tobacco press. This is a suggestion that is accessible to everyone. I went to the hardware store and bought a piece of 3-inch PVC pipe, an 8-inch C-clamp, and two standard hockey pucks, which ironically fit perfectly in the PVC pipe. I dumped the tobacco in a big mixed bowl and blended it all together. This was a mixture of dry samples uh, people had given me over the years, aromatics that just didn't sit well with me, and high-end blends that frankly my palate wasn't ready for at the time, and I gave up too soon. Using wax paper to cover the hockey pucks to prevent from sticking, I jammed as much tobacco in as possible and then used a wooden spoon to help jam in more. I put on the C-clamp and turned it till I couldn't turn any more, then took off the pressure and jammed more in. <laughs> Once I had all the tobacco in, I tightened it back down and let it sit for two weeks, turning it a half turn every morning before work. At the end of two weeks, I took it out and was left with a huge brick of dark, Ooh. sticky, glorious Ooh. tobacco. Wow. And I have to say, it's one of my favorite things to smoke. Mm. This could be done with individual blends or mixing whatever, but it's fun, and I love sharing it with people and telling them where it came from. Love the show, guys. Keep it up. And that's Marcus from Michigan. Um, Marcus, I, this is awesome. And I, and I have we've done this before at the Squire and have recommended it to people as well. The Hockey Puck PVC tobacco press is is just foolproof and it it is so easy and it's perfect it makes a great cake and so uh would, would highly recommend uh this even if you just have a favorite tobacco but want to accelerate the aging process a little bit or uh you know are interested to see what it would do under uh maybe some some pressure and you know it, it's a humid uh, hot you know few weeks or something set it outside let it get a little heat as well man it's a great way to do it that pvc pipe for some reason it it, it's almost like it was planned this way, but a hockey puck fits perfectly on the inside of that joker. And uh, clamp it really hard down with that PVC uh, or with the uh, with the C clamp. And man, you, you've you've got a, just an awesome poor man's tobacco press that is just really works great. So uh, so check it out. Awesome note on that, Marcus, and uh, we thank you for for mentioning that. Yeah, absolutely epic. And by the way, excellent email in terms of just your descriptions here. I I got somehow hungry while you were. Describe it. <laughs> <laughs> kind of impressive. <laughs> so it was the wax paper that got you. Wasn't yeah, it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, I thought it was really good. I thought it was really good. So, hey, thank you so much for that listener feedback. We always appreciate getting those in. And, hey, if you've got some listener feedback for us, show at Country Squire Radio is the place to do it. You can also keep up with us throughout the week on the Twitters. I'm at the real Bo York. I'm at John David Cole. Or you can get us at the shop at, at underscore Country Squire. At Squire Radio is the show's handle, but all that information and more can be found at CountrySquireRadio.com. Man, we, uh, you know, I, I don't even, I never actually asked y'all if, it, what you know, are y'all expecting trick-or-treaters this year? 
Uh, actually, we probably will get some just because I can't imagine everybody staying at home. But That's I, right. I yeah. think the city of Jackson actually has, uh, quote-unquote, canceled Halloween uh, trick-or-treating. I, I don't know how you how you do that. Is there a, is there a committee that sits around and, and actually is like, we're the Halloween overlords. I don't know, but anyway, they're, they're, they're trying to discourage the trick or treating here uh, this year. (laughs) Do you, do you remember, I don't remember if it was was maybe two years ago, because I feel like it was our last Halloween in Jackson. There was a situation where like the weather was so bad that the city postponed Halloween by like two days. But the problem was what ended up happening is you had, like some people would come up on actual Halloween because the weather ended up being like it changed, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> like it was like it ended up not being as bad as it was. Uh, and and then so like some people showed up on Halloween, but then somebody showed up on like the Saturday before it was it was wild. <laughs> it was wild. So you're exactly right. Like, you know, the, the, the city I know is going to do their part to try to make sure that everybody's uh, safe and healthy and everything. But at the same time, folks are going to do what folks are going to do. do it, man. So I, I don't That's know. Right. We'll, we'll probably have a little candy sitting around just in case. But um, I, I would encourage you if, if you if you are listening, just just don't come knock on my door. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably good. That's probably you know what we're gonna do, Stay man. We're gonna put out a uh, we're gonna put out a table in front of the house, and we're gonna kind of like have little like candy like segments so people can come by and get the candy. We're gonna hang out in front of the house with like you know some some good pumpkin beer. That was about to say you'll be drinking. Going. Oh yeah, it'll be it'll be great. And we got we'll have gloves on and like lay out some some candy for the kids that's and everything good. when they come through. I thought that was a, a good healthy way to do it. So anyway, it'll be fun. Hopefully, enjoying the pipe by the the fire pit, man. Because that's that's in my mind that's the best way to enjoy it. I agree. I agree. Wait, hey man, let's go have a spooky Halloween. Bye, Bo. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 